Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. Tonight, I am joined by Theo Walski as Gerard Barrera and Jason Bolidio are off in the uh, adulting world. How you doing tonight, Theo? Ooh, adulting. I've adulted way too much this week. This needs to be done. I adulted four days. I was off yesterday. <laughs> oh, I hate you. And then all was... that I get to look forward to is all the rest of the the adulting. Uh, "Quote unquote," adults of my team get to be off because I'm out of vacation. You're on vacation. I don't have any more paid time off. Wow, that's that nice. makes me sad. I uh, I took yesterday off and I have the Monday before Christmas off because uh, they needed to burn PTO. So yeah, you can screw off. <laughs> and I, I still cut my get to I'm still rolling 40 hours over to next year. <laughs> we don't get to roll over hours. And then yeah. my coworker gets to work three day weeks for six weeks and then has the last two weeks of the year off. Oh, must be nice. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. So we I took these PTO days before they told us what our new holiday or our new uh, PTO plan is. So yeah. anything above 40 after they roll it to next year goes into sick pay slash short term disability bank. So I didn't oh, wow. necessarily have to take the days off, but, you know, extra days off is always good yeah, at the end of the year. You're gonna. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You. But no, it's been it's been raining here a good part of the week and it's been a little cooler temperature. So it's made things nice. Probably still not as cool as mine, but I've been enjoying warm 45 degree weather. (laughs) It was it was in the low 40s, upper 30s today with rain all day. So I went out and played in the rain a little bit, you know, went and got went and ran some errands and whatnot. And it wasn't all that bad. No, no, no. I just ran some errands. You know, GameStop, Best Buy, Target. Buying the 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 Xmas presents for the little mister no that'll be uh i'm gonna do that once uh my daughter's here week of christmas okay. i gotta take her out christmas shopping so i'll go and pick up his couple other things um i already bought him a pop figure well it's one of the bigger ones it's rc and woody oh nice yeah, I came That's across cool. it um, a couple months back at a, at a, my GameStop right across the street, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be a good Christmas present for him." So yeah, it's absolutely. been stashed up in the top of the closet for a while. So it'll be nice. He my Christmas shopping Toy Story a lot. Um, yeah, but now he's on to other things like the old school Hunter One Dalmatian and whatnot. Um, Disney Plus, he is abusing. Good. Quite a bit. So am I with the Mandalorian because I just watched that tonight. I watched it too. It was such a good episode. So much better than the last one. It was. It was a lot better than the last one. Um, getting it, getting to see him take down those four guard droids <laughs> was kind of nice. Yes. Um, and I and will definitely I love, admit that I, I will admit that I pre-ordered uh, my Funko Pop of Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Even though it's technically not Yoda, but it's still labeled as Baby Yoda, yeah. so. Because they haven't named them yet. Dude, is that a a three-by-two stack of pop figures behind you? (laughs) Uh, It is a four-by-two. Four-by-two. Four 
four and a half by two. Wow. With three high. I'm currently out of room for stuff, so I got to move stuff around. <laughs> nice. It's all stuff that was uh, bought within the last month. <laughs> okay. You have a problem. So the first so thing is, is you need to admit you have a problem. It's called an addiction. It's a pot figure addiction. <laughs> I will I will not deny that I have a problem. I will gladly admit it, but it will not change a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So let's get to it. This week it's been a, a good a good week for movies. So it was announced this week that both John Wick and Matrix Four Starring the breathtaking one, Keanu Reeves, will both be launching on May 21st. You're breathtaking. I know, right? So <laughs> I gotta ask you. They both launched on May 21st. Are double you gonna feature. double feature it? It's I've totally double featured it. Is it gonna be like that time when we went and saw three movies in one day when Jerry was out that time? Where we did Dude, Deadpool they... and all that? If they do like a Keanu Reeves freaking marathon where they do all the Matrix movies and John Wick all throughout the day, I would probably go do it. Because <laughs> that'll be what? Two, four, six, eight roundup. So nine hours for John Wick and probably a good 10, 11 for Matrix. You going to do a 20 hour day? It'd be a whole day. Sitting in the theater? Dude, that'd be more than a whole day. Why not? Day. Why not? So I gotta ask you though, if you had to pick one, which would it be? John Wick. See, and that's John my Wick. thought too, because I I really want to know how they're gonna do Matrix Four, because when Matrix Three left off, Neo's being carried out like he was on the cross, you know, and right. that's it. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Um, I'm kind of questioning why they decided to release them both at the same time. Right, to make them compete against each other. Um, the only thing I could think about is, is maybe it's to capitalize on, I mean, Counter Reeves anyways, because you're going to have Cyberpunk coming out there in April. Mm. Mm. Then you have these coming out. Right after that, we also have Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 3 coming out. You know, Yeah, isn't that in June? That's later on in the year, so I haven't seen an official release date for it yet. I know it's the latter half of the year, so... Mm. I don't know. I mean, I get it probably too because you got Wonder Woman next year. You've got Black Widow next year. I mean, there's so much coming out in the summer that they may have just stacked them just to avoid getting, you know, running up against Black Widow and Wonder Woman. For Bill and Ted, that's kind of um, an aggressive cycle for the movie, isn't it? Because didn't they just start filming like a couple months ago? Yeah. Oh, weird. I don't know. I mean, like I, I, I'm the reason why I'm more for John Wick because we both know that Matrix is Matrix two and three were just god awful. So I mean, they don't have a they good went foundation. Went downhill. Two wasn't two wasn't bad, but it, it was just but it was like it started up here with the Matrix and then slowly like that first drop before you hit the big drop on a roller coaster is what Matrix two was. And then Matrix 3 was the bottoming out. Um, but you also have to figure, though, Ghostbusters is set for July 10th as well. So that's a huge slot right there. Oh. Wonder Woman, Black Widow, Ghostbusters. Which 
I'm really happy about because I feel like the past few years, like summer blockbusters hasn't been a thing. Like, it's right? been a different season the last few years, and it's, it needs to be back um, in the summer because that was the best it, thing ever. And Bill and Ted's three is slated for August 21st. <laughs> that's a uh, huge. That's a huge stretch. Yeah, that is. So now speaking of Wonder Woman. Ghostbusters and stuff, those trailers dropped as well. So let's talk Wonder Woman. We start off with the trailer. You see Diana Prince and Barbara Ann Minerva, who is played by Kristen Wiig, who is also known as Cheetah, appear to be talking like they're kind of like best friends, maybe. Um, At the beginning of the trailer, um, we get to see a modified Wonder Woman suit. It's more updated. It's a little bit more colorful, more metallic. Um, and we also get to see Steve Trevor back from the dead, which I'm interested to see how they're going to explain that one. Yes, which is very interesting because, I mean, they definitely showed that he's been out of it for the entire time, especially yes. since they were making the joke that, is, that she's pointing out art and he's looking at a trash can. And she's like, no, 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 that's just a trash can. <laughs> she's like, oh, OK, got it. So, I mean, like, he definitely doesn't know what is going on, which is awesome. And and I do like that they kept – they highlighted more on the humor aspect mm-hmm. that w- was used in the original Wonder Woman. But they kind of flipped it on the characters, too. So, like, it was mm-hmm. – humor was uh, Diane, Diana not being able to fit in or whatever, but now you got Steve not fitting in. Right. Oh, I think what's funny is they have him come out and he's in that like black leather jacket. Dude, and with the <laughs> fan, but then he has the jumpsuit and the fanny pack at the end. Oh my god, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so it'll be interesting seeing Chris Pine dressed up like that. And kind of, I I still want to because of. Pascal's character, um, who play he plays Mandal- the Mandalorian um, on Disney Plus, but I want to see what Max plays into this too because he's supposed to be a big character, so maybe he is kind of like one of the big bads as well. Yeah, he looks to um, be the big bad, which kind of makes me sad because like I like Pascal as a hero. <laughs> well, I think I think he plays a bit a bad, but I think more Kristen Wiig's going to be the big bad because she's playing Cheetah who yep. is a massive villain in the, the Wonder Woman universe. Um, so now the other trailer that we got, which I was super excited about when this trailer dropped, was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Of course. Um, dude, I grew up on those movies. Like, when MTV first started back in the mid-'80s, right, they had a contest to say, you know, you could send in requests for, for videos to be played. So I took the time, I took like the lid off of our margarine container, which was a perfect circle, drew the Ghostbusters logo and everything to submit <laughs> it. To, I mean, I love Ghostbusters. And, and that's now let me put it this way. I love the first two. Now, the the reboot that they tried doing with the all female cast with Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, um, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, I I didn't like the movie at all. But here's the thing, though. It wasn't because of the cast. It was just the story was crap. Right. I don't think that they were really aimed towards making a substantial story 
with it. I think they were really yeah. just trying to poke fun at as much as they could. It's like almost yeah. like like they're like I would almost equate their Ghostbusters to being like scary movie to scream. <laughs> oh jeez. I, like, I, I would mean, almost yeah. equate it to that. Like it makes sense. Like all they're doing is just making fun of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of like Spaceballs is to Star Wars and Star Trek. Yeah, um, there but, you go. But and, and the thing is though, is it all four of those actresses are really good in their own right, as from a from a comedic standpoint and and especially with Kristen Wiig, she does so well with the drama and the comedy sides of things that, you know, if they had a better script, I think the movie would have done better and been better. So the argument that everyone's using is like, oh, look, we're getting, you know, boy Ghostbusters again. I'm like, that's kind of a knock to those actresses because it wasn't them. It was the script. It was the story. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. so with this, though, we get to see um Egon's grandkids, or at least we're we're assuming it's Egon because of everything it points to, you know. Now, the thing is, is that it could also be Ray's house, too, because remember, he sold he mortgaged the house to pay for the original business. There's an old farmhouse I think in his family, but everything points to being Egon's kids. They even look like his yeah, I mean, they the the daughter, um, the daughter with the, the granddaughter. Yeah, she looks like the spitting image of Egon. Um, I won't lie. But, I at first thought it was the 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 male lead that mm-hmm. looks, or the, like the male counter lead, or whatever you want to call. Oh, him, the the that, older. Like son? he looks yeah. like Egon or whatever with the, the just with the long hair and everything. Like I but thought when that. You but see I mean, the with sister though, with her and like, the glasses. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So. It opens up, you get to see him out there, and all of a sudden, you feel this rumbling, and this batch of just green light and smoke just pops out. Um, It leads into introducing Paul Rudd as a teacher, and he's like, cool replica, and the granddaughter's like, replica of what? (laughs) He's like a uh, ghost trap. Ghost trap. It's like he's like saying it like you you should know this already. You, you know? know how do you not know but this? And that's and like, like the best part that I like about his character yeah. that he's like he's this museum type of guy like like just knows yeah. the full history of Ghostbusters and that really shows that the Ghostbusters story it, it continued after well uh, two. As best as it could, because because we do see things that like got to continue because she goes to a shed that has stuff, additional stuff in it. There's Mm -hmm. modifications to the the vehicle and everything. Yeah, but they were they said in the trailer though too is that no ghosts had been seen in roughly thirty years, which would put this about the time of Ghostbusters, you know, two as far as the last time ghosts were seen. But we do know this is more tied into one because it is Return of Gozer. Uh, oh, because well, do we know it's Return of Gozer though? Just because of the green doesn't necessarily mean the Gozer. It's because of the dog. That was one of Gozer's pets. Remember, you see that on the hand, you see the dog's foot on the hood of the car. It just jumps oh, right onto the hood. Yeah. 
Right. So it is, it seems like it is the return of Gozer. So I was joking around with some people at work as I wouldn't be hilarious if Sigourney Weaver shows back up as the gatekeeper and somehow they got Rick Moranis <laughs> to come out of retirement to be the, the key master. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be hilarious, be so amazing. but I don't think we're going to get Rick Moranis back because he's fully on retired. Um, after the passing of his wife, he said, I'm going to take care of my kids. Uh, and he yeah, left. So if he comes back, I, I will be ecstatic for it. But if he doesn't, I'm OK with it. But we are going to get Sigourney Weaver, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. They are showing up in some capacity in the movie. Um, like you mentioned, like we mentioned, is like the Ecto-1 has a jump seat in it that turns into a gunner seat, which was super cool. Um Another thing that in the international trailer that launched on Monday, towards the end of it, they actually see the granddaughter testing the proton pack and mm. her friend having the goggles. And he's like, hold on a second. And he hits a button and out pops a little Polaroid. And he's sitting there like waving it around. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's going to I think it's going to be really good. It's Jason Reitman, um, you know, bringing everything back we we see the uniforms like you said we see the ghost traps we see the proton packs um we see the ak uh, ekp meter for bus for ghosts and stuff and i think that's i think that's going to be interesting to see what happens because when she goes out to the shed it's going off so there it's detecting some ghost activity so are we thinking are they going to be able to tie egon into this somehow respectfully or is it because there's ghost activity happening coming out of the traps, which we know there was an active ghost in that ghost trap that Paul Rudd had. So a lot of questions to be answered between now and the summer, but I can't I wait. Really hope that I just really hope that Paul Rudd plays a really large role in with the kids in order mm-hmm. for me to be looking forward to sequel for this to be a trilogy or something because like i feel like if they keep it with it mainly focused on kids it's just a little too kitty and it's just gonna be like trying to just try to be Mm -hmm. all like the kids are like what is this technology i've never seen a dial phone i think he's gonna be the he's gonna be the one that helps bridge that gap i think yeah and that's what i'm hoping for Mm -hmm. because i i don't know if i don't know if you can make a trilogy off of this if it's just kids too i think if it's there's a sequel they should be grown up mm-hmm. maybe or let them kind of grow with it who knows we'll see what happens with it but i think one of the best lines though out of it was you know when paul rudson they're showing him the video of the ghostbusters from one when they're walking up towards the end and he yes. goes dude it was like it was like mid 80s new york city was like the walking dead i was like <laughs> Way to put it into real, like, kind of current, con- you know, right. context. So the kids would understand. It wasn't zombies. It was ghosts. But it was it was pretty much The Walking Dead. Um, speaking of kind of something that's similar to The Walking Dead in terms of dead on arrival to me, uh, during the Game Awards, Birds of Prey had another trailer. Um, the more I see this, the more I'm not interested in it. And and that pains me to say that because I am a DC fan. Um I'm not fully vested in, in Birds of Prey, so I don't know a lot of the backstory, how Harley and the Huntress and all them fit into it. But the more I see out of the trailers, I'm not kind of interested in it. 
it's probably going to be a wait until it comes out on video type thing for me. Yeah, I'm kind of same. Like I'm, I probably won't wait to see it on video. I'll probably still see it in the theaters, but because it's just me we're talking about here. Well, um, yeah, and you'll buy it anyways. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, just is the trailers that I've seen. It just looks like it's a watered down Suicide Squad, and Suicide Squad still wasn't that big of a deal either so for that to be watered down just like really hurts to see i liked suicide squad um it was it was fun but i think more of it made a you know will smith was a big part of that and then margot robbie as you know harley quinn jared leto's joker really brought that movie down for me like badly I actually like Jared Leto's uh, (laughs) Joker. I thought he did a pretty well good job with that version of the Joker because it's definitely like a more on the gangster side and everything. And then like just really being into it as he did was really well done. Like granted, he's no Heath Ledger or um, Joaquin Phoenix, but I I still enjoyed his Joker. I mean. He was ticked off about Joaquin Phoenix getting a movie. He felt that he should be getting a uh, he should be getting it instead of him. So, but it just I don't I don't think Jared Leto would have played that version of Joker as well as Joaquin Phoenix. No, yeah, he can play crazy. He can play Jared Leto can play crazy, but Joaquin Phoenix, like, granted, I still haven't seen the joker yet but like from the trailers like he definitely showed that type of mental dis- uh um handicap with it like yeah. just really having that torturous mind mm-hmm. in it was amazing and if he doesn't get the nomination for best actor for it i will be upset with that because that was a phenomenal performance mm. and it was you know i'm glad i went and saw it in the theaters but it comes so, out on iTunes on tuesday I know, right? Yeah. I need to. Get, I'll be getting it, so because I really liked it. So let's let's talk about some gaming stuff. So the the gaming world on Twitter was kind of lit up this week with a lot of jokes because the internet site Pornhub. Um, now we're not going to talk about anything R rated or anything like that. So for those that are listening um, with kids and stuff, we're there's nothing we're to be still family about friendly. It. We're still friendly family. We're just going to laugh about this because it is that funny. So they released a graph that shows the browsing history by consoles for all of 2019. So 51.5% was PlayStation, and that's PS3, PS4, which was down 5% from last year, I guess. Um, Xbox consoles made up 34.7%, which was up. Okay, this is where the funny parts get is that 4% was from the Vita, (laughs) which was up 23% to last year. Um, 4% was the Wii U. Let's think about that, (laughs) because they're probably watching it on that little... Exactly, like it's handheld, yeah. (laughs) I guarantee it's handheld. Um, You got to keep your stuff private, man. You can't be putting it on the big screen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but and then 0.4% was off the 3DS. Dude, really? Why are <laughs> I, I 3DS? 
Like, my wife no, no. Was, my wife said something very she's like you know who's doing it it's like 12 year olds with their 2ds's and 3ds's well yeah absolutely but i mean like still like why the 3ds you're gonna be like is like do you think it's gonna look more 3d and pop out at you i don't know but i just i think that's entertaining that vita wii u and 3ds are all on that list uh, it's and, so sad I mean, it, it, it is it is super, super sad. And it, it's comical at the same time, too. So, okay, so there, there was I, all sorts of jokes about it all over Twitter. You know, people saying, well, I'm never going to handle somebody else's PlayStation controller. You know, I just. Well, I mean, while while it's really sad, do you think it's more sad than the year E3, um, Naughty America had a booth for VR, and it was like the busiest booth <laughs> of the entire show. Wasn't that the one that was in the back corner? Yes, where all the like independents are on purpose for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that. You know, that type of industry, it has a niche. It has people that want to take part in it. That's fine. I just think it's funny that people are using their gaming consoles, you know, internet browser to do these things. So word of warning to parents that have kids that have we use 3DSs. um, Those parental locks. You might want to you might want to go check your parental locks um, to make sure that they're not visiting sites that are uh, very inappropriate for for those younger kids. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so let, let's move on to some serious stuff in the gaming because this last like two days has been huge. Or actually, let's go back to Tuesday. Since well, Tuesday, it's yeah. been a big week for gaming with the Nintendo Direct, which was their indie showcase, which showcased off some game, um, some cool looking indie games. Uh, Streets of Rage 4, which is being published by Sega is going to be coming out as well. Finally, but let's, let's start off with the news from 2k games, which was that they announced the uh, formation of cloud chamber, which is going to develop the next Bioshock. Okay. Now kind of funny is from things that I was seeing on, on Twitter from like Jason Schreier and stuff like that is that game's already been under development for a little while. So they they completely closed the old 2K studio that was supposed to be working on it. And then now all of a sudden they're saying, hey, we have this new studio. I think it's kind of weird, but it is 2K. They don't really do anything that's sane, I guess. And they're thinking um, now from you another like, party. You didn't like the Bioshock series, did you? I'm not a fan of the Bioshocks. I'm not. I. I mean, I've played them. I played the original Bioshock. Um, it was enjoyable, but not not something I really liked playing all the time. So I never went with two, three, um, whatever the new one was that was up on the other colony. So, that was three. but was it three? Okay. Well, three was what I know the about sky. That. Yeah, the sky one. So for those of the Bioshock fandom, though. This is good news because that means the new Bioshock is going to be coming at some point. Chances are it's probably going to be for uh, the new Xbox, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, and PS5. Um, I don't see it coming out for 
Xbox One or PS4 because we're we're getting ready to move into that new uh, console generation. So now Platinum Games coming out with a new game, a new joint game with Square Enix here uh, that was announced during the uh, E3 last year, but also more so with the state of play this week. Um, Bayonetta 1 and Vanquish will be coming to PS4 and Xbox in February as part of a two-game bundle package, and it'll have 4K and 60 frames per second on the PS4 Pro. I'm assuming it's going to run about the same on the Xbox One. So for those people that have yet to play the first Bayonetta, hey, this is a great opportunity for them because it's been pretty much resided on the, on the Nintendo side, where it was on the Wii U. Um, now, Game Awards last night, uh, Sekiro won Game of the Year, which I know that would make Jerry and Jason really happy if they were here right now, to know that that won over, you know, RE Jason and Death Stranding. Jason hasn't played Sekiro yet. Oh, Jason's a fan, I mean, a fan of From Software, period. Oh. You know, okay. Dark Souls and all of that. But he, so. hasn't, but he hasn't played Sekiro yet, though, I thought. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's just Jerry so far. I think he picked it up, though, at Black Friday. Oh, okay. He's going to be playing it. But you know what? Congratulations to the From Software team um, and and winning you know Game of the Year. Because from everybody that I know that has played it, they said it is a fantastic game. And it is challenging. So it, it does, it's deserved. Because as much as I love Death Stranding, Looking at the game, I can't say that it is absolutely game of the year. And as much as I enjoyed Resident Evil 2 and how beautiful that game is, how well it played, I didn't think it was game of the year either. So I got to, you know, give it to them. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk some do PlayStation. That, do you think Sekiro won due to kind of like a lack of great game, great like other contenders for game of the year? I mean, there were some really good contenders, though. Like Control was among those as well. I feel like I feel like the contender list was rather lackluster this year, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, I think next year's is going to be huge. You got so many Probably. big titles coming out next year that it's going to be insane. You know, Cyberpunk, Final Fantasy VII, Last of Us Two, um, just to name a few. But so this week, um, PlayStation had State of Play. On Tuesday, um, I thought it was kind of it was it was okay. It wasn't fantastic, but the big two things that we got were Resident Evil Three Nemesis remake was announced, which I did pre-order that tonight. I never really played it when I was when it came out originally way back in the day, so I'm going to be diving into this for the first time. Wow, which is kind of funny because I played one, and I played two. I love four. Five was good. <laughs> I never played six. I haven't played seven. So, I mean, I've played a good majority of all the games. I just never did three. Um, I think they need to give... I always six the, was horrible. That's what I heard. Um, I'm tempted to pick it up when it's on a flash sale for like five, ten bucks. <laughs> just to play it, yeah. see how bad it really was. Um, but yeah, it's I'm looking forward to RE3. Plus. Yeah. RE3 looks beautiful, though. Um, I love what they're doing for Jill. They're kind of they they still have her looking kind of that that sexy piece that she was back in the original day, but she's not wearing the super short skirt anymore. She's actually wearing 
pants, which is more functional, you know? Right. So she she looks the role. So it looks – I think it's going to be great for that. I think that's probably also going to tick off a lot of fans, much like fans complaining that Tifa's bus size was reduced. But Square was like, no, 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 man. This is to be more realistic. <laughs> um, oh, so with, with PlayStation this week, it was also announced that um, MLB – has extended the the major league baseball license for the show for another several years. Now with that though, it also was an an even bigger announcement is that as early as 2021 MLB, the show will be showing up on other platforms. So we're talking potential for Xbox switch PC, whatever. Now, I can understand the wording for 2021 because the game MLB The Show 20 is set to come out in March. So the game's pretty much almost to gold. So they're probably not going to start looking at optimization for the game until, you know, after this game comes out and they can start focusing on getting it ready to go. Now, Nintendo and Xbox tweeted out responses to this announcement as well, which makes me think that they knew this was coming. They just had to wait until the official announcement was made. Which, honestly, I love the show. Anybody who's listening to the podcast knows that I love the show. Um, And I think it's great that it is going multi-platform because, honestly, there has not been a good simulator baseball game since 2K10 was on 360 and, and PlayStation um, I mean, the show has always been, though, that the echelon, but 2K was a really good game. And how they lost the license was because at the time EA said, hey, we want to make NFL games exclusively. Nobody else can make them. And NFL said, sure. So with that. Sony went to MLB and said, hey, we want to be the first party, you know, game maker for these games and stuff like that. Um, EA or sorry, 2K kind of lost out on that whole bid. And then you have RBI baseball making a comeback because Major League said, hey, we're going to try and make our own baseball game. And I think that's probably what's helped drive this, too, is that they said, hey, Sony, we love the show. We acknowledge that RBI baseball sucks here's what we're going to do for you, you know? And I think to Sony's point is, you know, if you have that game showing up on switch PC, you have it showing up on Xbox. That's more revenue that you've got coming in to help fund your studio for whatever else it wants to, wants to do. I mean, so like, I, like I can understand like needing to fund the studio for other projects, I wouldn't necessarily see needing to fund additional into like improving the game really. Well, I I think that, so I think here's the thing with that is that San Diego studio, pretty much all they do is the show. That's it. Right. But I think if they want to keep going with the level that the show has been, they need to improve the game and make it better for all these other people that are going to be playing the game now, because if you look at Madden, right, because there was no competition from 2K or anything else, it kind of plateaued. And in some ways it dropped off in terms of quality. 
So I mm-hmm. think you need to kind of have that funding there to make it better. You're going to need to have the funding so you can have people programming for Xbox, programming for Switch, programming, well, I would say programming for PC, but, you know, honestly, it's the same thing as programming for an Xbox, um, especially with what we saw last night at the Game Awards. But with it, though, I I give Sony props, though, for kind of being open to this because we know they've been so close-minded to cross-platform multiplayer. Right. Now you're letting your your baby, the show, out into the wild. So is this a precursor of things that could potentially be coming down the pike that maybe not your upper echelon triple A's like the Uncharted's got awards and stuff like that, but your second tier trip you know, triple A Sony exclusives, are they gonna start kind of moving out right. into the world and being on multi platforms? Um I would love to see Phil Spencer's vision of that it doesn't matter where people are playing, what console they're playing on, you just play, you're able to play the games. So I think, honestly, at some point, I would love to be able to see, you know, that the only reason you buy a specific console is because you, you like that console. Like, I love the PS4 controller and I love the DualShock over its history. So I'm always going to be PlayStation, but there's going to be people I'm playing on Xbox. But I think Xbox players should be able to experience God of War. Should be able to experience Uncharted, just like I think that PlayStation players should be able to experience Halo and Forza, you know. And I would love to be able to see that one day that we have that. So maybe okay. this is a, a first step. Um, a little olive now, branch. A little olive branch, yeah. Um, I know Xbox is excited for it. Nintendo Switch, um, they're excited for this this news as well. So, you know, a little over a year, we're going to see the Switch or the. Uh, the show coming out and I hope that, you know, they also allow cross platform play too. So that way I'm able to play against people on, you know, Xbox and switch. Um, so also this week it came out that, um, death stranding who Hideo Kojima won best direction for last night, which I think that is absolutely earned because that game is phenomenal in terms of everything with it, the way the actors are performances, the way the game is made. So I think he absolutely deserved it. But uh, Metacritic actually deleted 6,000 negative reviews for Death Stranding this week. And what it looks like is it was all related to people that were purposely bombing the game. Now, we did talk about this about, what, a month ago, where there was a ton of reviews that were out you know, bashing the game before it even came out. So I can absolutely appreciate Metacritic doing this because it, it kind of gives you a better rating. So it went from a five to a seven. Um, I kind of want to know, you know like think? how they decided which ones to delete. Cause I mean, at the same time you could have just been like, well, I'm just going to delete all our negative reviews and we're just gonna be a 10 now. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe they probably looked at the dates on when those reviews were left. And probably then after all of those were removed, um, all those ones that came out before, you know, the game, I think the ones after it came out, you know, I wonder if they went in and looked at all the ones that were just basically saying, well, this game sucks because it's made by Hideo Kojima, you know, that had actually no true review on it. I honestly think they need to Metacritic should probably have a system in place like Sony does for the PlayStation store where you can't rate the game unless you've bought it. 
Mm, yeah. I think that would be a better way to go, you know, because then it shows, hey, yeah, they bought it. They've played it. Well, you at least hope they played it. Um, right. <laughs> yep. Now, speaking of Game Awards, with Hideo Kojima winning Best Direction, uh, Godfall, which is being published by Gearbox, was announced as a PS5 exclusive. So this is our first look into PS5. Launch title. As a la- and I'm, I'm assuming it's probably going to be a launch title, because they were kind of hinting towards so. holiday 2020. Now, first and foremost, I love the fact that we're getting PS5 news, more so than just oh, some yeah. snippets here and there from Wired. Um, the game looks interesting. I actually appreciate that it's a game is first really getting us interested in PS5 rather than the console. Correct. I mean, we kind of know some things about it. We've seen what the dev kit looks like, which honestly, if the home console looks like the dev unit, I'm going to be kind of worried a little bit because it, it looks dev a little looks ugly. So it's bad. ugly. It's ugly. So gimmicky. But I get, why, but I get that, that is, V for the five. Well, I get... Well, I get more so why it's designed that way, because that's all vents in there. And more True. devs stack the units on top of each other, so it's to help circulate heat and everything like that. So I get that piece of it. But Godfall, it looks it looks very interesting. But I need to see more on it. I don't know if it's something that's gonna it's something that's gonna make me rush out and buy a PS5 just for Godfall, which is a brand new IP. Now, you you talk about a console, right? Console first, game first. Oh my god! <laughs> let's let's talk about. Where you're going? <laughs> let's talk about. Microsoft. So, first, let me just let me put this out there because yes, we kind of make fun of Xbox sometimes, um, but we do throw them. You know, we we do talk about them enough too because there are a lot of things that Phil Spencer and the folks at Xbox are doing that are trying to advance the gaming industry forward, especially with like Project X Cloud, with accessibility, um, those sorts of things. So Phil Spencer, during the Game Awards, introduced the world to what was previously known as Project Scarlet, which it is now being called Xbox Series X, which for anybody that knows the fact that Xbox One got renamed and nicknamed to X-Bone, trust me, the nicknames are already out there. <laughs> for for this one. I'm not going to go into those right now because, like I said, we kind of want to keep this kind of PG. But it looks like a mini PC tower. And I'm looking yeah. at that thing, and even if you lay that thing down, you're going to have to have adjustable shelves in your entertainment center just to get that thing to fit. Mm, I don't know. Based off of the size, it doesn't look too large. From standing up, I would probably see it not being really any taller than PS4 on its side. Well, it does look like a mini PC tower. That's for sure. And it's, it's a, still and considerably it's, smaller than like a mini ITX, which is mm-hmm. one of the smallest and smallest form factor ones. But even there's some Kickstarters that like are even smaller, and it looks to be about that size, which those were about about only 12 inches tall and usually mm-hmm. four by four and you could fit an entire PC into it. Granted, you couldn't fit a, a, an optical drive like they mm-hmm. have, but and, most people don't. And you, and you mentioned the optical drive and I, I applaud 
Xbox for still including the CD-ROM drive into it, which it's actually going to be a Blu-ray. But um, but that just shows you that they're still committed to physical discs because they're also wanting to be backwards compatible with Xbox One, 360, and the original. So a lot of those are disc only. You know, so you have to have the disc, especially if you're doing backwards right. compatibility. You like with Xbox original with the Xbox one, you had to put the disc in. It read the disc, pulled the files down from an Xbox one server. And that mm-hmm. disc was just now your license to for the game. Now, right. with that, they're saying that the system can be stood up vertically or laid down horizontally. I... I look at the thing and knowing the history with Xbox, I would probably lay that thing down anyways, just because of what happened with the three sixties where they were putting ring of deaths into the discs when they were stood up vertically because of how the tray was designed. I mean, um, all the, but primarily most of the ventilation is from the top when it's standing vertically anyways, though. It's yeah, not coming out the back. So, I would which, actually think that you might be better off standing it up. Well, from a heat perspective, yeah, you're going to be better off standing that thing up so the heat dissipates out through the top of it versus out the side hitting the wall of your entertainment center and building up right there and you know causing potential some issues. So um, no, I think do from know, a design standpoint, I think from a design standpoint that they like kind of gave up. <laughs> like Microsoft is just like, dude, we're we're a PC company. Our console is just a PC. Let's just make it look like a PC. <laughs> right. I thought about Let's that. Let's stop fighting like, it. It's a PC. Let's stop fighting it. It's a PC. Um, we, so but they pulled know... an Apple and called it X, though. They pulled an Apple and called it X. Yeah. I mean, With, like, here's, and none of these numbers. Like, you got Xbox and then 360 and then one and then let's go X. <laughs> so, yeah, let's look at that because they went, <laughs> there's Xbox. There is 360. Then they're like, hey, we're coming out with the Xbox One. And then people going into stores were going, hey, I'm looking for an Xbox. And associates at those stores were going, are you looking for an original Xbox? Are you looking for the new Xbox? I don't know. I'm just looking for the Xbox One, whatever that one was, the first one. <laughs> you know. So right. now you have Xbox Series X. You have Xbox One X. Those are so similar, it's going to cause confusion. They had a perfect opportunity to name this something with that truly meant what the console was going to be about, which is something the folks at Xbox said, hey, the the name is going to represent what the console is. Series X does not tell me that this is what it is. This is what it's going to do. It doesn't even make sense. Like if it's Series X, and even if they meant for Series 10, like where's the rest of it? Where is this series? Yep. I don't understand this series. A lot of a lot of people are thinking though that there there's going to be this version that we got to see last night at the Game Awards, which is this is probably the souped up version. A lot of people are thinking there is going to be a lesser powered version that's going to be a little bit cheaper that they're holding back. Mm. Now, I can see that because it is rumored that Sony is looking at doing a PS4 or sorry, PS5 and a PS5 Pro at launch. So I can see I think it's Xbox good for them to do that. And that's the debate I have is, do I just go ahead and go Pro when they launch <laughs> and have it already up and running or just go with, you know, go with the standard five? Chances are... It, 
I will probably go pro for mine and the wife, I don't know. I'll ask her if she wants a pro or not, but she may just get the I mean, same. I'd probably five. go pro, but I would laugh if they end up like still sticking to their normal cycle and they just like make like, oh, okay, so now hey, we've got way, slim. Now we've got slim for both, but yeah. no, now we got slim pro and slim pro squared. Right. <laughs> It's like, I could just see that happening, you know, it's like, oh, we need to, to have all these three generations versions until we go to the next one. Yep. So now with that, we do know some other things about the system now as well. The system is going to be 60 frames per second at 4K. OK, that's kind of what a lot of PS4 Pro games are running. Fair enough. Mm, but some some I mean, it depends on the studio. Now, the other thing that has come out with regards to this system is going to come with a new Bluetooth-enabled controller that is slightly smaller than the current Xbox One controller. It's going to have a new share button on it. So they're taking a page out of Sony's book, out of Nintendo's book, as far as the share piece goes. Um, It's going to have a hybrid D-pad, which is similar to what the Elite controller has. It's going to have a little bit longer battery life. It's going to be compatible with the Xbox One and Windows 10 PCs. Now, here's the kicker. Initial reports are looking like that thing is going to be anywhere from $100 to $120 for a controller for a spare. Why in the world do we need to be spending $100 to $120 on an extra set of controllers? But then I rethink that because Nintendo's selling a pair of Joy-Cons for $80. Right. But, you I mean, know, like, but have they... Get- they, they have they given estimate prices for the console? Because I mean, like, if Nothing they have one hundred twenty dollar controllers, I would foresee a base price of easily being five hundred or more for this. Which I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm budgeting that the PS Five is going to be five hundred. So I already know how much I'm going to know that. But if you've got a controller that is a hundred, hundred twenty bucks that's included your base price. That is probably going to be at least five, at least if not six. Right. Exactly. And that's still like, so, even if it is five, that's more than 20% of your console is going into a controller controller. Right. Oh and, and here's the thing is, is that we know games sell consoles, but I don't see halo infinite. And the new the newly announced Hellblade Two, uh, Sensua's Saga, being the games to make people rush out and buy an Xbox Series X at launch, especially yeah, if it's going to be north of five hundred. I mean, even with their announcement trailer of the console, like they still stuck to just their. Um, exclusive in their favorites, which is Halo, Gears, FIFA. Like, I mean, why are you showing stuff that we've already seen at graphics that we've already seen on previous on previous versions now, of the Xbox? Like, you're showing being, nothing impressive. That being said, the Halo Infinite trailer that we saw at E3, I mean, that thing's pretty. I mean, that thing is absolutely gorgeous. But then again. One or two games is not going to make me go out and get another console. I just I just can't. But that being said, though, is 
I still think that the gaming industry is better and healthier when Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are all strong. And they all have a lot to offer their player bases. And I do congratulate Phil Spencer and the Xbox team for coming out and saying, here's our console finally. This is what it's going to be. Now, whether or not this is going to be the lower version or the more souped-up version, that remains to be seen. What the price point is going to be is I hope they price it within reason and that they don't overshoot the mark like they did with the Xbox One, where they overpriced it by $100 over what PS4 was. Now, that being said, did they did they show their hand too early is my question. Because here's the thing is like with years ago, back when both consoles came out, right? They tipped their hand. They showed, hey, this is everything we're going to be able to do. Now, you're going to have to check in online. You can't trade your games, whatever. And it gave Sony that chance to go, hey, this is their price point. Do we lower ours to to? beat them but then they also gave them a chance to to have adam boyce and shuhei both do that most that famous little video that says this is how you share a game <laughs> you know so i hope uh, you know i hope that you know playstation kind of took notice i know shuhei was there in attendance so was cory barlog um but, you know, it kind of makes me wonder, did Xbox kind of tip their hand a little bit or is it just a they tip their hand to say maybe this is the lower end version, you know, and it's not the big one. And I think that's going to be something we see at E3. Yeah, I, I would definitely be on your side with that, that they tip their hand because because like we had uh, discussed earlier tonight that like we like that we saw a game for PS five instead of the console. Whereas yes. Xbox went the other way. Cause like, I want to see capabilities Correct. of what's coming out. I don't want to just see a form factor, which is what Xbox is doing. Like they, like, yes, they showed a cinematic trailer. That doesn't mean that it came off of the Xbox. It's just something that they put together. Yep. Now to end on this, let's, when we're talking about PlayStation and stuff like that, a cinematic trailer, we were kind of talking about this. Something that we've been, you, myself, Jerry, Jason, have all been waiting for is Ghost of Tsushima. And that trailer, it it makes me still want the game. Let me put it that way. I still want the game. And I need the game because, you know, but the trailer kind of took a step back from the E3 trailer. Yeah. I mean, like, so, like, yeah, I would definitely agree that with the trailer, like the story, yes, is a selling point. The uh, the fighting mechanics is a great selling point and everything. But a huge selling point from that E3, like two E3s ago, was just the level of meticulous graphics that they put in out of the, the current engine mm-hmm. from two years ago. Well, let me ask you. Astonishing. Hold on. Let me ask you a question on this. Because that trailer was done with out of PS4 Pro, and they actually said that it was cinematic right. and stuff. Let me ask you a question though: Could Jerry be right, and that the E3 stuff we saw two years ago was PS5? 
Uh, I mean, because it was two years ago and the amount of change in not only um, the computer level graphics cards and everything, I would say no. Because there's been two generations of graphics or GPUs in in improvement in those two in those years that I would not foresee that being PS5. If it was, then that would make me not want PS5 because then it's definitely outdated. You can see that. I mean, just yes, no, we'll see. I mean, they could have already been working on the stuff that they already knew, but at the same time, I still want the game. I'm still going to play. Yeah, I mean, I, st- I still think it's going to be a great game. I just am disappointed with that trailer that it looks like they took a step back. That they, and, and I mean, it might be beneficial for the game that they had to take some resources away from the rendering in order to make for a smoother transition between mm-hmm. um, cinematic and gameplay, which is yeah. a big selling point of Ghost of Tsushima too. Is that mm-hmm. seamless? transition between them and 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 if they're working and if their focus is on enjoyment of the game rather than the look i'm absolutely for it yes and i trust sucker punch explicitly you know as far as what they're going to be making with it so um so with that being said as we close things out tonight what have you been playing i've been playing destiny 2 again as normal (laughs) Because, like, uh, so Season of the Undying just finished, and I didn't realize that the seal, so they have the accomplishments for the seals and everything yes. that you can act, you can actually buy if you complete it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was actually feasible, so I binged hardcore. Dude, it's so funny. hardcore to get the completion. <laughs> And, like, because I didn't even know it, it was coming up to the end of the season and this past weekend. And I busted out 11 out of 14 accomplishments in three days. <laughs> and what's funny is, is you say that, but um, I was listening to the PlayStation broadcast um, this week. And, of course, it was released, you know, last week, last Friday. Yeah. And it was something that Justin Massengill, same thing. He's like... Dude, I need to bust it out. I need to finish that seal. And he was yes. going to do the same thing and binge it out. So, um, and it's the first seal that I've freaking finished out of anything because it was the primary, yeah. like, it's the primary seal that one doesn't truly be like heavy on PvP yep. as well as not at all heavy with needing to raid. So, like, you can do it as a solo player easily. And that's nice. that's a good thing because not all people like raiding, and it's still kind of clunky to kind of hook up with people for raiding, even if they have matchmaking and stuff like that. Um, so, is Destiny the only thing you played this week? Uh, Destiny is the only thing I played this week. Uh, see, uh, Season of the Dawn started this week. Um, I do like how they're doing seasons this time around because, like before, it was just like, "Oh, all your stats reset and we're starting over again." But yeah. no, this this time around, it's truly events. Season of the Undying was um, Vex invasions. Uh, this time, Season of the Dawn is Sundial. Uh, they're mm-hmm. trying to re um, rehype Mercury and the Vex and mm-hmm. everything, and, and I like it. I think they're doing. A fantastic job and they definitely deserved their uh bungie deserved their award for best community game 
yes. from Games Awards. And that's and something they, we thought, too, is that they are very good at that. Right. So we've been playing. I play. You talked about about love and Death Stranding. Did you get some Death Stranding in? (laughs) No. Death Stranding (laughs) has not been fired up on my system in a couple weeks because Jedi Fallen Order has taken my attention. (laughs) I have been playing on of that. Um, And it's kind of funny is like a lot of people are talking about how, oh, yeah, I think I got my my double blade, you know, on Dothmere. And I'm like. Um, I've had it for most of the game and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, well, my buddy, Jerry, um, you know, he did let out that little hint that in the abandoned workshop on the first planet you go to has the double bladed lightsaber that you can make oh. the hilt and everything. And so I immediately went there once I had the Jedi skills to get into the workshop, went in, got my double blade. And I've been rocking it since. And I love that thing. Now, I have the ability to basically do what they originally designed Darth Maul's lightsaber to originally do before they left it as a single piece in the movies was that you have an ability. You can actually take it apart and slash down with two individual lightsabers, put it back together and and rock with it. It is. It is awesome. I think you might've just sold me on fallen order right there. Like that is, that's pretty freaking cool. I, you know what? I don't like Dark Souls, but this game having its Dark Souls inspirations where if you die, you have to go hit the enemy that killed you to get your XP back and where you meditate to get your health back. So it regenerates all the enemies in the world that doesn't tick me off. It 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 keeps me going. And it's like, OK, how do I figure beating you out? It's not like where I rage quit on Luigi's Mansion because boss nine is just <laughs> stupid. I keep going with this one. And I just love that we're like describing your level of rage quit is instead of Dark Souls 2, <laughs> it's, it's Luigi's Mansion. Mansion. <laughs> OK, and not once, but twice. Twice I rage quit through my controller. Um, but the game is fantastic. You get to see Saul Guerrero in it, um, which was the character you got to see in Rogue One. You go to Keshi, you have all these local areas and stuff like that. You get to see the Night Sisters, which is Asai Ventress's family, essentially, which for those that are unfamiliar with a Ventress, she started out in the original clone wars that was on cartoon network that was a little two minute snippets way back in the day but then she was also she appeared in i think it's rebels at some point it's one of the cartoon ones that that's out now or it was clone wars one of the two so she's back um but you actually get to see kind of what made her people like that the night sisters on Dothmere and stuff. So that's really cool. Um, the fact is you can change the color of your blade throughout the, the first part of the game. It's blue and green. You also have the option to have orange. If you bought the premium content add on, which I did for 10 bucks, um, because I wanted the, the but, better hilts. Um, be honest. Did you actually go orange or did you stick to your blue? <laughs> no, I went green. What? I, I've no. always in when I played Knights of the Old Republic, I did green. I did the green double blade and everything because I was more the guardian. That's when you look at 
back in the Israel Republic, it asks you questions to figure out what you're going to be. Are you going to be a sentinel, which back then used the yellow blades? Are you counselor, which is the blue blade? Or are you a guardian, which is the green blade? And I always slotted into that green, so I've always done green. That being said, now that you f- you go get your kyber crystal, you have the ability to change your color, and it gives you seven colors. So I'm running Scion now as my color, which is that brighter light blue for my double blade. But the nice thing is you can change your color. You can change your hilt, the emitter, the switch. Um, and up until the part on Dothmer, it looks the same on both sides. So your emitters are the same, your hand, you know, hilts are all the same and everything like that. After Dothmer, when this is where some people are getting the double blade, you get to change the emitter on both ends to be different if you want to, which is kind of cool. But yeah, just the fact that you've got the Jedi move where you just snap it apart and it's devastating. It is like it third life's bosses. And it can wow. it can take out some of the bigger enemies too and just one shot them if you can get it off. So um Does it make you want to go to tra- Galaxy's Edge and make one? <sighs> oh, <laughs> I'd go double blade. I probably honestly I'd probably I go single blade. I don't know if single I don't know if you blade. can make a double blade at Galaxy's Edge or not though. I don't know. Be pretty cool if you could. Be cool, because I would. Especially if they release one like from uh, Rise of Skywalker's trailer, Ray's double blade, the Inquisitor blade. Yeah. Yes. That'd be pretty sick. That'll be interesting. So I've been playing that. Um, I also played a little bit of Hue this week. Really? Replay so Hugh, huh? it's it was part of our PlayStation Plus at one point. So I was looking through yeah. my games. I was like, oh, I've got Hue on my library. Let's fire it up. Let's see how it plays. Okay. I like how it plays on PS4. And it's going to have, it has cross um, save on it. So you can play Hue on the Vita. And still use your save okay. file. So I started playing a little bit of that. Picked up Cron- uh, Concrete Genie. Played that a little bit more. Does their cross save not work with the Switch version? Uh... So Switch is not cross-platform, so it wouldn't go to PlayStation, which is I'm okay with, because then I can get all the trophies for PlayStation. That's the, actually the recent thing that I've been loving about Destiny is the cross-platform cross-save. Yes, not all games have that that are multi-platform right now. It's amazing. It needs yes. to happen. <laughs> so outside of that, um, not a lot else... However, I did pick up Outer Wilds because it was on sale in the PlayStation Store for the Game Awards. So I'm going to give that okay. thing a try and see how it is. Um, and that's from Annapura, who did uh, they helped publish uh, Donut Country, which yeah. Donut Country was a lot of fun. It was entertaining. So for those people that have a uh, Switch, PS4, because um, I know it's definitely on those, Donut Country is fun. It is it's something you could finish out in a day, really, a couple hours. It's a fun little game, though. But I do plan on playing Outer Wilds more. Get back into Death Stranding. Going to try and finish off um, Jedi Fallen Order. And at the same time, still continue with my season on MLB The Show. Because I do want to okay. get that season done before March. Because I was March say, what's, is, ne- what's next on your pre-order list? <laughs> next on the pre-order list is March. 
which is Final Fantasy VII, Animal Crossing, and I will be getting the show. Freaking Animal Crossing. I'm going to laugh every time that you say that you're waiting for Animal Crossing to come in. Well, it's it's on my pre-order list, but it's not something I'm die hard looking forward to when you put it in the same sentence as Final Fantasy VII, which I want to let our listeners know what our schedule is going to look like for next week. We are going to be recording a holiday episode with John Bentley, the voice of John, of Barrett from FF7. He was on, we yeah. had him on a couple months ago. He's coming back on. And we're just going to talk games, um, especially some of the new trailers that we're, uh, we're seeing to see what his impressions of them are. Um, he can't talk about the games specifically because of his NDA, which we know that. Um, but we're going to try and I'm going to try and work at getting some of the other voice actors on as well. Um, because I think that it would be really good. So I think um, Brianna White, um, John and I are going to work on trying to get her on, who she's the voice of Aerith in the new game. Um, still working on trying to get some of the other actors on as well, because I think it'd be really cool, even if we got them on in March once the game comes out. But oh, that'd be really. Yeah. So for the holidays as well, with that episode, um, I've decided what we're going to do is we're also going to do a giveaway. And I think it, it, what we're going to do is we're going to do a couple shirts and we're going to do a hoodie. Um, so when we do the episode, I will put out all the details on that giveaway at that time. And then we are not going to be recording the week of Christmas. We're going to all of us are going to take that week off so we can spend it with our families and everything and kind of not be stressed about recording the, the podcast. Um, and then we'll fire things up after the uh after the new year actually so we'll take about a week week and a half off but yeah i'm looking forward to john bentley next week there's a lot to talk about game wise so with that i want to definitely thank everybody for crashing game night with us tonight uh as always if you like what you heard subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening to us on right now don't forget to follow us through the website everyone be excellent to each other and stay frosty ttfn Ta-ta for now. Good night, everybody.